again everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes show is as always to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So today's episode is on uh is going to be a profile of the 1977 and 1978 Yankees. Um, um, and the 1977-78 Yankees were also known as the Bronx Zoo era Yankees because um, during that time there was a lot going on between George Steinbrenner, Billy Martin, and Reggie Jackson, of course. Um, so there was a lot of tension between those guys. Also, at that time, there were there were things going on in New York City. Um, there, there was a lot of tension um as far as the power outages that were going on then um there was a serial killer on the loose i think it was called the son of sam um um so i mean there there was a lot of stuff going on and also obviously the craziness that was going on with the yankees with steinbrenner and uh billy martin and company um so billy martin he took over the yankees in 1975 just to back up a little bit billy martin ended up ended up taking over for bill verdon who was the manager previously um in 1975 the Yankees finished that season in third place but they were on the rise they were they were they were getting better um they were 83 and 77 um they ended up finishing in first place in the, the very next year in 1976 they were 97 and 62 um they even finished first in the division they clinched the division for the first time since 1964 and uh they that was the year they won 99 games that year of course um, in 76, even though they did make it to the World Series, they got swept by the Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine of Joe Morgan, George Foster, Johnny Bench, um, uh, Dave Concepcion, and uh, Pete Rose, and a bunch of others. So anyways, after 1976, after the red, big red machine swept the Yankees, um, the Yankees went out and they signed a pitcher from actually the Reds, Don Gullett, and they also signed Reggie Jackson, who was the big free agent commodity and you know Re Reggie Jackson was not a Billy Martin style player um so Billy wasn't he really didn't want Reggie Jackson and I think George probably probably knew that um but George wanted Reggie Jackson because he wanted to make a big splash and the Yankees had made it to the World Series and you know he still was relatively new as an owner um but uh but anyways you know so he he went out and he signed him Pretty much without, probably without really saying much to Billy at all. If he even did, probably didn't. But regardless, though, so they ended up getting uh, Don Gullett and Reggie Jackson, who, you know, obviously was a great, great player. So they both those guys obviously really helped the Yankees. Um, the Yankees also, in that year, in 1977, at that time, they had two Major League Baseball drafts. Um, in January of 1977, there was the first draft. And the Yankees drafted Willie McGee in the first round. Um, he was the 15th pick of that draft uh, of January 1977. Um, the Yankees also traded outfielders Rick Blatt and Elliot Maddox to the Baltimore Orioles for um, an outfielder, Paul Blair, who was actually a Billy, kind of, a player that Billy Billy Martin kind of like. Um, he liked to use as kind of like a late inning defensive uh, defensive replacement. Um, and also, I think he also liked him because Billy liked to play. Um, I think they called it at the time they called it Billy Ball. Um, he liked to play an aggressive style of baseball. He liked to kind of like 
just have the runners moving a lot and um, just kind of, you know, just being aggressive and doing different things to get the to, to move the runners and to try to score runs um, in other ways than just hitting home runs. Um, but, um, so uh, before opening day, two days before opening day, I believe, um, but it was April 5th, 1977, the Yankees traded a pitcher, Bob Polinski, Oscar Gamble, an outfielder, and they also traded um, a pitcher named Hoyt, and uh, they also sent $200,000 in cash for Bucky Dent from the White Sox. Um, and that was just two days, I think it was just two days before opening day. And by April 27th, 1977, the Yankees were 8-9. and nine. So they were off to kind of a rocky start. But um, then they, they had made another trade. They traded starting pitcher Doc Ellis, who was young at that time. Um, also traded Larry Murray and Marty Perez to the Oakland A's for another starting pitcher, Mike Torres, who you might um, know of from the... Uh, pitching for the Red Sox, um, but he also pitched for the Yankees in 1977, um, and he really bolstered that rotation because at that time, the Yankees had a starting rotation of Ed Figueroa, Ron Guidry, and Ron Guidry was not really, he hadn't really had a breakout year yet until that very year, actually. Um, Mike Torres, Don Gullett, and Catfish Hunter, who, um, Catfish Hunter was getting a little bit older, but he was still a good pitcher, um, so um, Mike Torres really shored up that rotation, and that was, they had a very good rotation that year in 1977. Um, the Yankees had five lefties in the starting lineup that year. Reggie Jackson, Chris Chambliss, Carlos May, Mickey Rivers, and Greg Nettles. They had a switch hitter and Roy White, of course, who had been there for quite a long time by that time in his career. Um, uh, before Mike Torres, the start, in the starting rotation, they had Ken Holtzman, or Gil Patterson or Doc Ellis, one of those guys usually. Their relief pitching um, in their bullpen was Sparky Lyle, Dick Tidrow, who were both lefties, Ken Clay, who was a righty. Ken Clay had a 4-3-7 ERA in three starts. He pitched uh, 55 and two-thirds innings for the Yankees out of the bullpen. Typically, they didn't really use a whole lot of arms in the bullpen. They really kind of stuck to, um, you know, a few different guys or two or three guys. Um... And that was pretty much it. Sparky Lyle, he threw 137 innings. He had one of the best seasons any relief pitcher had, at least to that point anyway. Um, he ended up winning the Cy Young. Had a 217 ERA. Dick Tridgerow also had a very good year that year. He made seven starts as well. He had a 316 ERA and, and had 11 wins. He was 11-4. Um, so the Yankees had a very, very good bullpen. And some very good pitching staff in general. Um, I believe they were third in ERA that year. Um, in 1977. Some of their coaches were Art Fowler, who was their pitching coach, Elston Howard as the bench coach, and Yogi Berra, I believe, was the hitting coach, and I think he was also the catching instructor, too, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. But um, the average age of the team at that time was about 29 years old. Um, the total team attendance for the Yankees in 1977 was over 2 million. It was 2,103,092. Um, they were the, they were they were they had the highest attendance that year. Of course, the Yankees usually do as long as they have a good team. Um, uh, the 1977 Yankees offense they had 115 OPS as a team, which is very very good. It shows just shows you basically um, your OPS plus or um, on base plus slugging adjusted. It just basically shows the overall offensive ability um, of a player or a team, and obviously a hundred. 
So and so 100 is league average. Anything over that is well above average. So the Yankees were 115, so they were obviously one of the best hitting teams in the league, if not the best. Um, they had 48 sacrifice flies that year, 46 sacrifice hits. They grounded out in 117 double plays. They had 184 home runs that year. Um, they also hit 108 home runs versus righties and uh, 76 home runs versus lefties. They had 84 home runs at home and 100 are on the road. Um, they had a 281 batting average that year, and they struck out 680, 681 times that season as well. As a pitching staff, they had an ERA of 3.61 um, and an ERA plus of 109. ERA plus or ERA adjusted is just basically kind of like OPS plus or OPS OPS adjusted. Um, it just basically ERA plus shows the overall how good your pitching staff is overall um, compared to other teams. And um, 100 is league average. So if you're our team's um, ERA plus is over 100, if it's like 109 like the Yankees that year in 1977, that's, that's very good. Because um, they, they had a, uh, their ERA was third in the league, 3.61 ERA. Um, so, I mean, that, that that's basically, it just kind of it puts it into a, ERA plus puts it into a different perspective. So, uh, also that year, the Yankees as a team, they had 52 complete games pitched, 11 shutouts. They were third in the league in shutouts as a team, um, as a pitching staff. And they also had 34 saves that year, um, their fourth in the league. And, of course, they had the number one uh, relief pitcher at that time, of course, and Sparky Lyle, who won the Cy Young Award. So that kind of shows you something right there on how the bullpens were used back then. Um, also, uh, the Yankees had 52 complete games, and they were third in the league in complete games. And that's a lot of complete games, especially considering how much complete, how many complete games nowadays. There's not You don't get nearly as many as, as there were back then. Um, as far as fielding goes, in the 1977, the Yankees made 132 errors, but they had a fielding percentage of 979, um, which uh, they were third in the American League that year. And the Yankees were the first team to host the World Series and the All-Star Game in 1977. Um, and also, they did it again in 2009 as well. Um, the batting order, before August 10th in 1977, most of the time anyways, was Mickey Rivers, Roy White, Thurman Munson, Chris Chambliss, and Reggie Jackson. Um, uh, sometimes I believe really Randolph hit leadoff um, and sometimes second as well. But for the most part, it was Rivers, White, Munson, Chambliss, and Reggie Jackson. Um, then August 10th on, it was mostly Rivers, White, Thurman Munson, Reggie Jackson, and Chris Chambliss. Um, they kind of switched Reggie and Thurman, uh, Reggie and Chris Chambliss so they can uh, protect Thurman Munson in the lineup with Reggie. Plus, Reggie was, you know, he was probably the best power hitter at that time in all of baseball. Um, Greg Nettles, he batted second a lot in the lineup. He also batted seventh. He basically batted everywhere in the lineup. I mean, that's how deep the Yankee lineup was in 1977. Willie Randolph batted eighth a lot of times, but he also batted sometimes up in the higher higher part of the lineup. So um, the, the Yankees had a very deep lineup. They also had the shortstop, of course, Bucky Dent. Um, but Bucky Dent was mostly a number nine hitter. He was He was more known for his defense than his offense. Uh, so the World Series MVP, of course, was Reggie Jackson. Went 3-for-3 three three against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Yankees beat them in six games. Um, he won th he had three home runs, of course, in the game six. 
The first home run was off of Burt Wooten, fourth inning. It was a two-run home run. Elias Sosa hit another two. He had another two-run home run off of him, Elias Sosa, in the fifth inning. And then he had a solo home run in the eighth inning off of Charlie Huff, who was the knuckleballer uh, for the Dodgers. And, you know, the Yankees won the game, of course, in the World Series. And uh, in the American League Championship Series, um, instead of Reggie Jackson, it was actually Thurman Munson, Lou Pinella, Mickey Rivers, and Cliff Johnson, who really carried them offensively. Uh, Thurman Munson hit 286. He had 21 at-bats. He hit a home run, had five RBIs. Uh, Lou Pinella also hit 333 and 21 at-bats that, uh, that playoff series against the Royals. Mickey Rivers hit 391 and 23 at-bats in that playoff series. Cliff Johnson, who um, was, I think, more of a role player during the season, he had 415 at-bats in that playoff series in the American League Championship Series against the Royals. One home run and two RBIs. Roy White, I believe, did not play. He did not play at all, I, at least not in the American League Championship Series because of injuries. Um, but by that time, he was getting a little bit older as well. However, before the year, like I had mentioned, um, moving back a little bit, um, Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin, they, they did not get along at all. Uh, like I said, George, um, he, he kind of went out and got Reggie Jackson without really consulting Billy Martin at all. Billy didn't like that at all, especially considering that Reggie Jackson was not that style, the style of player that Billy Martin would have fit Billy Martin's style of managing. And obviously, I'm sure George picked up on that, and that was a big reason why he didn't mention it. But, you know, George being George, he wanted to make a big splash. Um, however, um in June of 1977, Reggie Jackson, um, he, the Yankees were in Fenway Park, and the Red Sox were crushing the Yankees. They they actually won. They swept the series. In in that series, um, it was a three-game series. The Red Sox scored 30 runs in three games, and they had hit 12 home runs in those three games. It was in the it was the middle game of the series. Reggie Jackson. He had a ball hit to him, and he he didn't even he wasn't gonna make the play, but he didn't even run after it like at least not like Billy Martin. He like he really he really was lazy about it, and he didn't hustle after it. And Billy Martin did not go for any of that. And he right after that play, after he did that, he went out there and he pulled him right out of the game. And I think he sent in Paul Blair, I believe, um, and. Uh, you know, Billy Martin, uh, Reggie Jackson gets right to the dugout at the top of the dugout. Billy Martin's right there, and they're arguing back and forth, even right into the dugout. And Elston Howard and Yogi Berra are, you know, trying to separate the two of them and keep them from ripping their heads off, basically. And uh, so that's how bad it got. Um, but eventually, you know, things started to not maybe not necessarily cool off, but I guess they started to cool off maybe as they started. Um, getting toward the playoffs and the goals started getting bigger. However, you know, things where I don't think we're ever, I'm sure we're never really um, like, okay. It just kind of was, um, and they just kind of dealt with it. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the story of the 1977 Yankees. Um, you know, they had a great team. They just had a lot of things that they were dealing with, um, but which is kind of amazing how like, it kind of tells you how good that team was, that they were able to, to overcome all that adversity of um, a manager who didn't get along with one of the players, an owner and a manager who didn't get along at all, or at least 
sometimes they get along and sometimes they were at each other's throats. Um, so, uh, it, it, like, typically that would be a bad thing for a team. But because of how good the Yankees were as a team, they had they had a very good team. Um, you know, that they, they and they made some very good trades, of course, too, with Gabe Paul being the general manager of the Yankees at the time. You know, so so the Yankees, um, the, the Yankees, that team really was probably better, one of the better Yankee teams that the Yankees have ever had. And especially if you consider them having to deal with all that adversity that they had to deal with at that time, just goes up to show you how good that team maybe could have, they could have been even better. And they could have probably won maybe over 100 games if it wasn't for all, some of the distractions that they had, especially some of the distractions um, around the city. But of course that you can't, they couldn't control um, because that was, that was beyond baseball as far as the power outages and the serial killers and all that. Um, so moving on, of course, into the very next off season of 1977 going into the 1978 season. So the Yankees ended up letting go of Mike Torres. He ended up signing with the Boston Red Sox, of course, of all teams. Goose Gossage signs with the New York Yankees, which was a shock to many, many people because Sparky Lyle won the Cy Young Award that year. Um, and so at that time, they didn't have setup men in, in the bullpen, so they had no idea how it was going to work between Goose Gossage and Sparky Lyle. Uh, of course, it ended up working uh, fine. Um, I mean, I guess they found a way. Uh, but uh, eventually, they knew that Sparky was going to end up having to to leave, um, especially if they're going to give... They gave Goose quite a bit of money at the time, I think... I think it was like a million dollars a year or maybe just a little bit over. But at the time, that was a lot of money um, in baseball. Uh, so in 1978, the Yankees' team attendance was 2,335,871. Um, and 800, I believe. Um, so it was a little bit more than the previous year. Of course, they won the World Series that year. So that makes a big, big difference. They were 10-9 and nine in the first month of that season in 1978, uh, which was they were in third place the, that year. Um, then uh, by the end of May, they were 29 and 17. They were three games back, second place. In June, they were 43 and 52, and they were in third place, nine games back. Or actually, 40. They were 43 and 32. Uh, in July, uh, July 24th, 1978. That's when Mar Billy Martin was either fired or resigned. Um, so. Um, by by July nineteenth, anyways, the Yankees basically had hit the, they had hit the mark where they got to the fourteen games back. They were forty eight and forty two. They were fourteen games back at that time. July twenty fourth, just like a week after, that's when Billy Martin basically he resigned, but he knew he was going to get fired. Um, so um, the for the first game they had Dick Hauser, who I think I think actually Dick Hauser was the bench coach, and I think Yogi was the hitting coach, or Maybe Elston was the hit. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, but regardless, Dick Hauser ended up being the manager for one game. The Yankees actually lost the game, um, and they moved on to um, uh, Bob Lemon. Bob Lemon took over. He was actually the exact opposite style manager of Billy Martin. Um, Bob Lemon managed the Yankees to a 48 and 20 record, um, and that was from July 25th on to the end of the season. On August 13th, the Yankees were nine games back of the Boston Red Sox. They were 65 and 51. They were in second place. They ended up catching the Red Sox on September 10th. Um, they were 86 and 56 at that time. Um, September 13th, though, until September 30th, 
the Yankees were in first place alone. Um, however, by the end of that that um, by the end of the season, by the last game of the season, the Red Sox tied them on the last very last day, so they had to play a playing game in Fenway Park. I believe probably because the Red Sox had won the season series. Usually that's why. Um, of course, the Yankees ended up winning the game five to four, as we know now on a big three-run home run by Bucky Dent. But basically, how the how the game went, Ron Guidry pitched the game, and Ron Guidry. This was 1978. Was probably the this was definitely Guidry's uh, best season ever, and also it was probably probably the best season a pitcher has ever had. You can make the case that like any major league pitcher has ever had. I mean, maybe besides the year 1968, Bob Gibson had a 1-1-2 ERA. But um, 1978, Ron Guidry had a 25-3 and record with a 1.74 ERA, which I believe is an American League record still today. Um, he th- At this time, he had never had a record quite like that. So Ron Guidry had one of the greatest years of all time. Um, he had 248 strikeouts, which I believe is still a Yankee record for a single season. Um, he had one game against the California Angels, which he was um, given the nickname Louisiana Light- Lightning um, by a play-by-play announcer at the time, Phil Rizzuto, or otherwise known as the Scooter. He called him Louisiana Lightning because um, there was the he struck out 18 batters, 18 batters against the California Angels at Yankee Stadium one night. I believe it was an, a game in August, but I'm not 100% sure. However. You know, Ron Guidry was he was like he was the best pitcher. The the hitters really just they didn't have an answer for him. So Ron Guidry he was the best pitcher in the game at that time, and of course ends up going on to win the Cy Young. So he started the game in the playing game against the Red Sox. So Ron Guidry pitched six and six and a third innings. Uh, he gave up six hits, two runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. He had a home run um, that was hit off, hit off of him by Carl Yastrzemski in the second inning. Also, an RBI single in the sixth inning by Jim Rice. In the top of the seventh, Bucky Dent, this is when he hit his three-run home run off of Mike Torres over the Green Monster. Um, he, uh, he hit it on an 0-2 count. Um, Chris Chambliss and Roy White ended up scoring the other two runs. Um, they, were, they were both on base when Bucky Dent hit the three-run home run. Mike Torres ends up walking. Now, uh, Mickey Rivers steals second base when Bob Stanley enters the game. Thurman Munson hits an RBI double. The Yankees take a 4-2 lead now. Ron Guidry starts the seventh inning, um, and he ends up getting a strikeout of Butch Hobson, who I believe was a third baseman or an outfielder at the time. Um, George Scott was a first baseman for the Red Sox. He got a base hit. Um, He was the very next batter after Butch Hobson. He singled uh, to send Goose Gossage into the game. Goose Gossage comes in. He strikes out Bob Bailey. And he also gets a ground out to shortstop of uh, Rick Burleson. And so then in the next inning, uh, Reggie Jackson hits a home run off of Bob Stanley. Um, then in the bottom of the eighth, Jerry Remy leads off the inning with a double. Carl Yastrzemski gets a base hit to center field to score the run. Of course, Jerry Remy scoring. And so Goose Gossage gives up two RBI singles in a row. One to Carlton Fisk, who had, who had gotten an RBI because Carlton Fisk, because um, Yastrzemski scored. And Fred Lynn also got another base hit right after Carlton Fisk got his hit. Um, Butch Hobson, he flew out to right field, um, and that was into the sun field at Fenway Park. Lou Pinello made a very good catch, uh, which at the time they didn't think he was going to make it because it kind of looked like he was 
he didn't know where it was going because you know the sun you could see the sun was in his definitely in his eye and it was kind of a tough catch in the sun but he ended up making the catch so uh, the Yankees got an out right there so Lupinella makes a big out right there for Goose Gossage then George Scott strikes out and after that Goose Gossage closes it out in the ninth inning with a runner left on third base Rick Burleson and Carl Yastrzemski pops out to the third baseman Greg Nettles and the Yankees move on to the American League Championship game so as far as the 1978 season um, the first half of the season the Yankees had 73 home runs and in the second half they had 52 home runs as an offense. The Yankees had 352 RBIs in the first half and 341 RBIs in the second half. Actually, if you look at the averages too, the Yankees hit 259 in 1978 in the first half and 275 in the second half as a as a total for the team offense. So they, they really started to hit a lot better as far as contact goes um, as a team in the second half. And that's obviously a big reason why I'm sure they, they did better. Um, they won the American League Championship Series in four games over the Kansas City Royals, and they won in six games again over the Los Angeles Dodgers to go back-to-back in the World Series. Their starting rotation that year was Ron Guidry, the number one starter. This is when he really assumed the number one starter role, the, the ace role. Um, Eddie Figueroa was their number two starter pretty much. Dick Tidrow was in the rotation that year. Catfish Hunter and um, a rookie named Jim Beatty, who had a 3.73 ERA. Um, however, he was only 6-9. Um, of course, like I said, uh, Ron Guidry, also known as Gator, he had a 25-3 and record, 1.74 ERA, and a 248 strikeouts that year. Like I mentioned, he struck out 18 batters versus the Angels, um, getting the nickname from Phil Rizzuto. Louisiana Lightning. And that year, the Yankees gave up 111 home runs as a team. They were first in the American League in um, ERA with a 3.18 ERA. So they had a very good rotation. Um, they had 39 complete games, 12 shutouts, uh, second in the league in shutouts. They had struck out 817 batters that year as a Yankee team, um, which was second in the American League. Um, they, the Yankees pitchers had an opponent's batting average of 260 in the first half and an opponent's batting average of 226 in the second half. They also ha- had 36 saves, and they were they led the league in saves. Of course, they had Sparky Lyle and Goose Gossage as well. So that's basically it for the 1977-1978 Yankees. Those were two of the greatest teams in Yankees history, and just in my opinion. Um, of course, 79 was kind of a tough year for the Yankees, especially considering what happened toward the end of that year. But really, 77 and 78... Were the, were the two years that were like um, kind of like a throwback to the 1960s, 61, 62 seasons for the Yankees. For the 1976 season, really, because um, the 1976 season was a big stepping stone to getting to the 77, 78 teams. Of course, the 77 and 78 teams, you know, those those were the teams that were, they were like two of the best teams in Yankees history. But 76, they really, that's when they really, like, you could see that they were going to, they were right there. They, were, they just needed maybe one more piece. And, uh, you know, obviously they got that with Reggie Jackson. And those teams, they don't really always get mentioned as being the greatest teams in Yankee history. But as far as looking at the those two teams, um, you could definitely put those two teams in the running for, like, for, for like, the, the uh, like, the top five 
Yankee teams of all time as far as like maybe you got like the 27 Yankees or the 98, maybe the 98 Yankees first, the 27 Yankees, and then the 61 Yankees, the 77 Yankees. It's, it's really subjective, but I mean, to me, I, I feel like that it's, it's kind of hard to rank each of those teams because all those teams are great, especially 61, obviously with Mantle and Maris. Um, you know, they had Whitey Ford, who had a great year that year, of course, as well. But, of course, 77 was a great year, too. 78, they had a very good year. They just got off to a very slow start. But at the same time, though, they did have a lot of... Uh, even in 78, there was still, obviously, a lot of controversy with Billy Martin still being there, Reggie Jackson, George Steinbrenner. So there were a lot of distractions, I'm sure. Um, uh, however, you know... Um, in my opinion, the 77-78 Yankees are definitely two of the greatest teams in Yankees history for sure. And also, there's not too many times where, where teams go back-to-back -back winning the World Series. The Yankees have done it quite a few times. They've been lucky enough to win quite a few World Series, of course. Uh, but typically, it's hard to win World Series back-to-back. -back. So that's all for this week. Again, thanks everybody for listening. And I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Real Talk with Sensei Nick, um, Movie Theater Time Machine, uh, Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, and other podcasts as well as some YouTubers and streamers. Um, you can feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information on all of that. And again, thank you all for listening. I appreciate all the support and everything. And um, there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out. Um, again, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening. And as always, thank you all for listening, everybody. And go Yankees!